Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back to another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. I am so glad that you're here. As always, I believe I have a really important topic for you today. And honestly, I know I always say that. I, I say, hey, if you're going to listen to anything, listen to this one thing today. And I guess I feel really passionate about everything that I share on this channel and through this podcast, because I really believe I'm filling a missing gap. There's so much information for addicts and alcoholics. There is a treatment center on every corner in every country and every city in the world. There's a lots, lots of places where people can get help, but who ends up getting lost is the family. And oftentimes there's even support for mothers of addicts and par or parents of addicts, but what's missing is the spouse. You get lost in the mix. And I intend on resolving that through world-class education, like we offer here on these platforms, but a mix of that with world-class coaching, because awareness is my aim here. It's to share with you the things that I know that I've observed in my decade worth of experience working inside of one of the world's leading drug and alcohol treatment centers, creating the family program and running that successfully for several years and continuing to run the codependency breakthrough program and the addiction breakthrough program, and basically serving thousands of people, thousands of people. I have learned some things that we need to get out into the world and to share. But in addition to that, being able to come alongside of you and give you that strategic intervention, you know, that the, the answers that you need right now in order to serve your family and your unique situation really requires you taking a leap of faith and making an investment in yourself and considering joining one of my programs that I they offer live year round, just like this in a Zoom environment where you're able to come be with me and ask those questions that you have and get real-time answers specific to your unique situation. So if you're interested in that, today's episode is brought to you by Codependency on Addiction Breakthrough. That's my course that I run uh, via Zoom worldwide. And it's an intimate environment where you're able to get the support, resources, tools, strategies, and answers that you need to navigate this addiction and not only survive it, but thrive, be able to restore peace and sanity to your family. So if you're interested in learning more about that program, go on over to HeidiRain.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. You can also go to the Codependency Institute that I have founded and read about the program over there as well. Okay, that's the codependencyinstitute.com. So let's get into today what we're going to talk about, which is so crucial. It is the impact of your addicted relationship on the spouse. That is the gap. That is the missing link information. And what we're going to talk about specifically is the trauma, the relationship trauma that's caused by your partners when you when you go through a relationship with an addict. And you might say, well, yeah, I have a sense that I've kind of been through it, Heidi. I, I, <laughs> I definitely can relate to what you're saying. I know that I have been manipulated and gaslit. And even if you, let's say two outcomes, one or two outcomes happen, let's say they get better, number one, hallelujah, praise the Lord, right? They go out, they get into treatment, they get better. You know, you're still left with this, what I call psychological and emotional shrapnel, this relationship trauma, that if it goes unhealed, 
it's just like a festering wound that's waiting to arise and it still affects you every day, even if somebody gets better. Or if, or if you get out, let's say you leave that relationship and you think, well, thank God that's over. And then all of a sudden you're left with this low level or high level sense of anxiety and depression, and you don't quite know how to get past it. Well, step one today is making you aware of the relationship trauma that you've been subjected to as a result of being in this relationship. And step two is setting about the business of healing that relationship trauma, one trauma at a time. And that's where I come in, being able to help assist you. So today, this is part of my ministry. This is part of what I offer to the public for free, this education, but transformation happens inside of those pro inside of my programs. You know, education is one thing, but education without action, without implementation is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know, you can know something and not know how to walk it into your everyday life. And I aim to help you take this information and heal from it so that you can walk differently in your life and be free from that anxiety, that stress, that depression, that worry, that constant black cloud or gray cloud that follows you around everywhere you go. So let's aim to shed some light and enlighten you today with the specific ways that you have been traumatized as a result of being in a relationship with an addict and alcoholic. The first thing is you might find that you have a lot of anxiety. <clears throat> Many times I hear stories about people that get better, uh, but they constantly live on the edge. They're always waiting for that phone to ring. They're always waiting for that bad news. They're always waiting for the shoe to drop or for um, something bad to happen. Uh, none of us that have been in relationships with addicts or alcoholics feel rested or easy. Like, okay, good. I can relax now. It's always this constant uh, sense of hypervigilance and being on guard. And that really is an inability to live in the present moment. You find yourself constantly distracted with thoughts about the past hurts or the past experiences that you've lived through. And maybe that comes in the form of um, nightmares or just uh, replaying a tape in your head over and over again, even during the day of the incidents, or it can be like a sensation in your body or just you, you don't even know how to quite put your finger on it. It can be a thought that you have, or sometimes just a feeling in your body that you have um, and when you're kind of ruminating on the past transgressions, or you can't live in the present moment because you're jumping into the future. And that's where this anxiety comes from as well, where you're wondering just how long it's going to last until the next shoe drops, until the next relapse happens, until the next major event transpires in your family. Now that's no way to live. You know, you deserve to be here now, to be in this present moment and to be filled with peace, no matter what's going on around you. Wouldn't that be amazing for you to cultivate that sense of strength and security in such an insecure environment? Well, you might say, that's crazy, Heidi. How can I possibly uh, live in an environment full of chaos and inconsistency and maintain my inner peace. How is that possible? You know, I've been praying and praying for God to change my circumstance, but what I'm saying to you is pray for God to change you, even when your circumstance doesn't change. And prayer is one thing, but action and actively seeking that knowledge and that wisdom so that you know how to be a ninja in your own life and maintain that level of sanity and peace when the hurricane's spinning out, that's invaluable skill set. 
that's an invaluable way to be able to walk through the world. And once you learn it with me, you just don't carry that into your relationship. You carry that mentality into work when Shirley's spinning out or Roger's doing his bullshit or whatever's happening, that you have this ability to cultivate this sense of presence and safety and security right within your own mind, that you don't get spun out. You know how that is. You're having a great day. You're, you're, you're waking up on the right side of the bed in the morning. You're thinking today's going to be a great day. And here comes this actor alcoholic spinning out and you wake up with the best intention, but then you, you notice what's going on and it just affects your whole entire mood. It affects every fiber of your being. You want to have a good day, but you don't know how when somebody's spinning around around you. I can help you with that. That definitely is a skill that we need to learn how to master because we need to be better whether they get better or not. We need to learn how to manage our emotions when there's, you know, five ways till sideways Tuesday, spinning out like a hurricane. We need to know how to stay rooted and grounded in the present moment, be here in our body. Also, it's a skill set to learn how to do that because it's not safe in your body. Many times when you've been exposed to trauma over and over again, this relationship trauma from the addict or alcoholic, you, you don't feel safe in your own body. It's like you, you need to disassociate. Sometimes you might even find that you're doing one of these grave mistakes, which is you join them in their behavior. You're like, if I can't beat them, join them. You find yourself over-medicating. You're over-drinking to get out of the present moment. You're over-shopping. You're over-spending. You're over-sleeping. You're over-eating or you're under it. You're under-caring for yourself. You're under um taking care of yourself in ways that you know you need to, because this addict or alcoholic dictates how you wake up and live your life. They're having a good day. You get to have a good day. They're having a bad day. Forget it. All bets are off. And that is the very definition of codependence is surveying the land and just letting other people decide how you're supposed to feel, letting other people decide how you're supposed to behave and think and be in the world. And that is not a free mind. That is not a free person. You deserve to be psychologically free in charge of your own mind and emotionally free in charge of your own emotions, no matter what's happening. Like Eleanor Roosevelt said, nobody can make you feel inferior or I'm saying anything without your consent. And you need to know how to keep guard of your mind and your emotions so that you don't get swept up. It is possible. Believe me, it is. And if I can do that in the midst of all the trauma and abuse that I've suffered over my entire lifetime, I know you can too. And also the hundreds of clients that have gone through my program that I've been able to assist as well. Okay. And the thousands of people I helped in the treatment center. So let's move on to number two. That's number one. Number one is this anxiety and inability to live here now because you're just overwrought. The, the second form of relationship trauma that you experience when you're in a relationship with an addict or an alcoholic is unresolved resentment. Now, let's say that they get better and they come home from treatment and what are they doing? They are wagging their tail like a dog that you've been gone all day and they're like, yay, you're home. And they think magically that all of the issues are gone because they've gotten better. Well, I'm better now. That's what you wanted. And you're thinking, but you still did all this damage. And I'm still dealing with all of this psychological and emotional damage that you've done. And you want to talk about it. You want to express it. You want to find an outlet to be able to share it. Like Heidi, when is it my turn to talk about all the crap I've been through? 
And if you're lucky enough, when somebody gets into recovery, there will be an opportunity where they work a program and make amends. And they come to you and say, I want to talk to you. I know I've hurt you. But the problem with their amends is it's their perspective of the pain they've caused, not yours. And how can they have a full picture of the pain they've caused you? How could they possibly know the stuff you've been through when they've been asleep while they've caused it? It's impossible for an average alcoholic to understand the levity and depth of the damage they've done when they've been sleeping through the damage they've caused. Okay. So that right there, you need to know, but then what do you do with all that pain? What do you do with all that hurt? If you don't heal it and recognize that as a form of the trauma or the shrapnel that you've suffered, you're going to bleed on everybody else that didn't cut you. As that old saying goes, you're going to end up being short with people at work and finding yourself uh, having a temper or mood problems where you can't regulate your highs and lows and ups and downs. And you have an explosive temper where that anger is just kind of simmering below the surface. And then all of a sudden it just comes out at these inopportune moments at the wrong people at the wrong time. Or you have what's what I what I have deemed as like a trauma response, meaning when somebody does a little transgression towards you and and your punishment doesn't meet, meet the crime, they do something little or something minute, and you find yourself getting really worked up and wanting to blow up. Well, that pun when the punishment doesn't fit the crime, it's usually a trauma response. And that unhealed resentment of all the damage they've caused has to be healed. Imagine being able to truly let it go. Imagine being able to truly process everything that's happened. Now, the challenge is you can't do that with the person that created the pain because you can't go to the person that created the pain, expecting them to resolve the pain because they created it in the first place. They don't have the understanding and the compassion and the bandwidth necessary to help you heal and heal themselves at the same time. They just don't have it. In fact, they might say to you when you attempt to bring up the past or the history of the things that have happened, the addict or alcoholic will say to you, well, you, I don't want to hear that. Today's a new day. I, that was yesterday. You know, when you bring up the past, you make me want to drink. And then you and all the gaslit glory say, oh shit, I don't want to talk to them about the pain they've caused because I don't want to make them relapse, drink or whatever. And there's so much misunderstanding about addiction and the gaslighting that goes on. And that's part of the education you received inside of my programs and courses is being able to understand what's real and what's not. Do you actually make somebody relapse when you talk to them about the damage they've done? Is that real? You need to know these questions. You also need to be able to let it go and heal you deserve to be able to get that weight lifted off of your shoulders. Imagine being able to walk through your day without carrying all that past baggage around with you, walk by walk. And you know, and I see you, you've gotten so far in your life. You are so full of resolve. You are so resilient. You are so powerful. But I also know that nobody knows how much pain you're in because you're afraid to let on. You're afraid to let people know just how much this is affecting you because the show must go on. I must go back into work and put on that face or run that company or do that thing and act like I'm okay, but I know you're not okay. Why? How could you be okay with all the damage that's been done? So I want to help you heal that resentment. The third thing after the present moment, not being able to be in the present moment and the unhealed resentment, the third way that we are traumatized by addicts or alcoholics and suffer relationship trauma is in the form of trust issues. 
Now this can last a lifetime if you don't know how to heal this, where they, you want to trust again. Let's say the addict or alcoholic gets help. You want to be able to believe they're doing the damn thing, but there's always this voice in the back of your mind saying, but are they really, it's just a matter of time before they relapse or, or can I really trust that this is it this time? They tell me they want to be better. They tell me they're done. They tell me they're healed and thank God they put that behind them, but there's a nagging, gnawing feeling inside of you. And you don't know if that's your intuition, your common sense, or your trust issues. And I can help you differentiate that and delineate where's the wisdom coming from your inner intuition that something's not quite right. And where is it a, 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 a shrapnel issue? Where is it a trust issue instead? And that's a big gap between our head where these trauma conversations can live or in our gut, in our intuition, where we know something's not quite right. And we're very confused and we don't know what to believe anymore. We don't know what to follow anymore. We're riddled with anxiety, self-doubt. And part of that is due to all the gaslighting and manipulation. If you don't undo that, you're going to struggle with these trust issues forever. Or you find you over-trust. You believe and believe and believe, and you keep getting disappointed and disappointed and disappointed. And that's another form of psychological torture, isn't it? Just to keep getting blindsided over and over and over again. I want to help you. Imagine being able to know for sure the telltale signs of when somebody is actually doing well in recovery and on the track. And it's very easy to know once you know what to look for. Once you know how to hear the voice of bullshit, accurately. And then some of you are like, well, I already hear that voice, Heidi. I hear it on the regular, but then to learn how to trust it and take action with it and trust yourself and the process as a whole new set of skills that you need to develop in order to heal and move through this. All right. Another way that we um, have relationship trauma, and this is a really big one, one of the one of the ultimate relationship traumas that you suffer from being in a relationship with an addict or alcoholic is the loss of self. I know you wake up one morning after you've been in this battle of addiction with your partner and you wake up and you forget who the hell you are. I've heard story after story of amazing, powerful people that have been uh, forgotten their power forgotten who they are. They wake up and they say, man, I used to be the woman who I used to be the man who I used to be the person who, and now I, I've lost my compass. I don't know who I am. And that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because who have you been, whoever the hell you've needed to be, including a warden, a police officer, a sober coach, a halfway house, all the things except who you are. Now I'm not even saying except being a wife or a husband or a partner independent of that, who are you outside of this relationship? Now, look, you're not off the hook here because the truth is that whenever we get into relationships with addicts or alcoholics, many of us are fixers at our core. This attachment personality pattern that I talk about a lot that I've identified in my, my new book, Attachment Personality Patterns, which by the way, you can download for free at HeidiRain.com or the CodependencyInstitute.com. Both of these things are our own inability to be who we really are because we get so much value at first by being the fixer. Well, I, want, I know that so many of us get in these relationships with wounded or broken people because we want to give them the kind of compassion, care, concern, and love that we wish we got. 
Many of us are trauma survivors. This isn't our first rodeo. And we get in these relationships because we want so desperately for somebody to do the things we're doing for our loved one, for us. We don't know how to do the things we're doing for our loved ones, for ourselves. And that's part of your healing process is learning how to take that compassion that you're giving and turn it inward. Take that care and concern that you're giving and turn it inward. And that's a huge mental shift because we, we think we're selfish if we do that. There's a little part of us that believes that we don't deserve to put our attention and time on ourselves. We need to keep it focused on other people. That's how you know you're a good egg. That's how you know you're a good person when you spend all your resources on others instead of on yourself. And that's just a lie. That's just not the truth. That's just something that we believe as a result of our upbringing in dysfunctional or difficult or challenging childhoods. The truth is you deserve your own time and attention. The truth is you deserve your own compassion, but it takes a mental shift and I can help you make that shift. So getting yourself back and figuring out who you are outside of this relationship and who you are outside of all this uh, shrapnel and trauma that you've experienced takes some time to consider. You know, I have this three month container and for the whole three months, a you know, part of the process is like figuring out who we really are, our true authentic identity without all of the worthiness issues that may turn us into fixers and turn us into the hero dynamic. It's a shedding of those identities so we can excavate your authentic self. Amen. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Wouldn't you love to know who you are at your core without needing the applause, approval, praise, acceptance, validation, understanding of other people? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, it is the most liberating thing you'll ever experience in your lifetime because then when people do give you praise, accolades, approval, and acceptance, it's a bonus. It's icing on your cake not the cake. All right. Many of us don't have any cake, you know, because we aren't getting what we think we, we need. Now, the other thing that we need to heal is this um, constant state of self-sacrifice that you've been in. You know, you have been self-depriving. You have been depriving yourself of the things you need in light of giving it to everybody else. We know you have been last on the list everybody else comes first. And when you're in crisis mode, how can you possibly be thinking about anything else when you're just trying to survive on a daily basis? This is real. This isn't like a normal relationship issue. This is relationship issues 2.0 when you're in a relationship with an anarchist alcoholic or somebody else who's toxic and dysfunctional. And I'll make another video separate for the narcissists and things like that. And But, but the truth is, Addiction looks exactly like narcissism, doesn't it? Isn't it lacking empathy? Isn't it self-obsessed? Isn't it gaslighting and manipulating? It's very narcissistic and it's hard to tell if your partner is a true narcissist or if that's active addiction that is abducting their true personality. It's hard to tell. And I can help you delineate that. I can help you figure that out. I have that gift of discernment and wisdom through experience to be able to help you discern if this is a person that's worth fighting for, if it is your person, or if it's somebody who truly is self-centered and absorbed. And when you take alcohol away, they're just going to be that same person over again. And I know many of you are reticent to, to join my program 
because you've told me after you've joined, you were hesitant and resident, reticent to join at first because you were afraid that you were going to have to make some decisions that you weren't ready to make. I want you to understand when I work with you, I don't want you to make any decisions until you complete the process. The process will make things crystal clear for you. The three-month container that I have will help you feel so good about the decision you're making that when you finally get to the point that you make it, you will have no regrets, guilt, or shame around that decision. Hallelujah. What would that be like to be so confident in the relationship decisions you're making that guilt is just off the table? Nobody can gaslight you into believing anything other than the truth that you know so deep within and feel so conv convicted and good about your decisions because you've considered all the options. You've weighed out all the choices. You've come to this through a systematic approach so that you can feel really good about it. So the days of self-sacrifice have to end and how they start to end is with you making a very good decision to put yourself first today. And how do you do that? You decide to actually invest in the program. That is your first indicator that your days of self-sacrifice are over. Oh, well, Heidi, it's the holidays. Or, oh, Heidi, we have this other thing coming up. Or, oh, Heidi, I know I need to spend this money on treatment. Or, oh, Heidi, everybody else is more important than me. But let's be real. You're the healthiest person in the family. And so if you invest in yourself to get healthier, everything else is like a domino in your family. You, you need the information and the education to be equipped so that you can actually help your family better than you're helping them now which is the ultimate outcome I know for you as a fixer. You're like, teach me how to do this better. And I will, but I'll do it through a vehicle of self-love. You taking the first step to investing in yourself and doing the things that, that, that you're not used to doing, which is putting yourself first for once. Okay. So I encourage you to do that. The, the, the sixth way that we suffer relationship trauma from being in a relationship with an average alcoholic is we have a severely damaged self-esteem. You probably entered this relationship feeling pretty good about yourself or confident, hopefully in some ways, or maybe you realized in your relationships, you aren't that confident, but in your other areas of life, you're super successful. That's true with a lot of fixers where we're high achievers. We are very successful people. And then we make things happen in our lives. We've made things happen our whole lives, but we get into this relationship with the addict or alcoholic and by God, we can't make shit happen. We try and try to control, we try and try to fix, we try and try to help, but to no avail. Nothing is moving. And that makes us as fixers and high achievers double down. And then we say, but I'm still not successful. And then we say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that my spouse doesn't think I'm enough to quit drinking? What's wrong with me that my spouse doesn't love me enough and see the value I provide that they're not making the changes? What's wrong with me that my spouse is not working a program to prove their love and devotion to this family? We internalize their addiction and our self-esteem suffers. And what would it be like for you to understand and know at your core, not in a bullshit surface way, but to really understand addiction in such a way that you never personalize it again. You don't, I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's a radical shift in your experience of life. When you master the skills that I'm going to teach you and what it's called is the rapid detachment method. It's a process that I came up with when I was working inside the treatment center, when I needed to help people let go 
of their idea of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, it's my fault, all of these traumatic life scripts that we carry with us. And I had to figure out a formula and a way to help people let go because I didn't have them for very long and it couldn't take forever. I didn't have decades in therapy kind of time with these people. I had 30 to 90 days. And so I've invented a, a seven-step process to help you untangle these mixed messages you get when you believe that other people's bad behavior is your responsibility or your fault. Now, you might know intellectually, oh, Heidi, I know it's not my fault, girl. I'm smart enough. I know it's not my fault. But do you? Because you're walking around with your self-esteem showing that you do believe it's your fault. I know you think it's your fault by the way you behave and try to fix it. People do not try to fix other people unless they believe they're partly responsible. I mean, isn't that the reality? So I want to help you untether from the idea that it's your fault or you're not good enough, but that takes some work because that's not a new idea for you. Actually, it's probably why you became an overachiever in the first place. You've been carrying around this story of not quite enough for a very long time. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you break free and shake loose from that idea once and for all. You explode in your life. You explode on the scene as your authentic self. And you do not care who approves, accepts, understands, or validates you because you know how to do that from the inside out. And by the way, actually people respond to you in a whole different way as a byproduct of your new belief system. So what I like to do in that RDM process that I created, the rapid detachment method, I like to help you figure out where these uh, stories came from and rip them up by the root so that they don't attack you anymore when you're trying to go to bed at night and you put your head down and you start to wonder all the things you didn't do right, how you could have done them differently, how you could have done them better and you beat yourself up. I want to help you stop that because life's too long to beat yourself up that much. All right. So let's go ahead and go through these one more time. Let's review. What are the six ways that you have suffered relationship trauma? Can I tell you there are more than six? There are a million ways that this impacts you, but these are the kind of the deep six that I have um, noticed as a pattern with all of my decade worth of experience in this, uh, working with addicts, alcoholics, and spouses, and adult children of alcoholics. These are the ways we're impacted. Number one, again, your inability to be in the present moment. We escape. We have anxiety, depression. We're all over the place in the past and future. We don't know how to be here now. We have unresolved resentments that lead to this underlying rage, which helps, us, which hurts us from being able to manage our emotions. We have severe trust issues. We don't know how to trust again or trust our own intuition. We've been gaslit out of our own intuition. We have lost ourselves. We don't know who the hell we are outside of this relationship dynamic. And I want to help you ex excavate and, and unleash your authentic self. We have self-sacrifice syndrome, which is we're last on the list. And even in fact, when I talk about joining my program, a little bit of anxiety comes up. Well, can I really do that? Should I really do that? Or I'm afraid I'm going to have to make decisions I don't want to make. You know, we talked about a lot of that. Listen, save the worry. Let's focus on the healing and let things resolve themselves through the journey you take with me. And they will. They will resolve as we get on this journey, the guilt, the shame, the doubt, all of the things that you're experiencing. And then our self-esteem. We forget how powerful we are. We have been hooked up to a power sucker for so long that we're drained. We don't have any personal power to go through the world anymore. Our self-esteem, by the way, 
according to Gloria Steinem, it's not how smart you are, how, how much strategy you have that indicates how successful you are in your life as a human being. The number one predictor of your success in life is your self-esteem. That's what studies show. That's what research says, self-esteem. And you can think you have the best self-esteem in the world, but you and I both know that at the end of the night, when you lay your head on your pillow, you wonder what's wrong with you. And I want to stop that from happening. It can be done. Trust me, from a woman who ruminated and was up all night long with intrusive thoughts, you're not good enough. You should have done this better. Who do you think you are? This is never going to work. What's wrong with you? You're not enough. You know, all over and over and over again. If I can shut that tape off, you can too. And so have the hundreds of people that I've worked with over the years. So I want you to go back and listen to this again if you want to and take some notes and ask yourself, how have I been most impacted? Where can I see this emotion or this relationship trauma affecting me the most? And start to get curious. What would it be like if you decided to invest in yourself and free yourself from the psychological and emotional torture that you've been enduring from this relationship? I'm going to tell you, it's the best investment you'll ever make. I trust this episode has been super helpful for you today. Please subscribe, leave your comments, share this with as many people as you believe need to hear it. But all I care about today is you heard it. And I'm going to tell you what, if I've made a difference in your life today, if something I've said has resonated with you or turned a light on, that's step one. And I'm super grateful where you let me know in the comments what that light bulb was for you. I would so appreciate it. Until the next time, be you, do you, and love you. And I'll see you really soon. Take excellent care. Bye-bye.